Welcome to Conversation with H. I'm with an amazing songwriter, international worship leader, worship pastor, signed to Integrity Music. There's not a lot that I can say about this man that sits next to me that you don't already know. He has countless songs which you all sing in your churches. I like to praise your name for your will You know them cheers. He's known globally. He's got his own series on TV and UK. I'm introducing to you, I call him Sir. Some people call him Uncle, but Sir no one. So how you doing today? <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, I'd love to shake around now, but you know, we're in COVID. What an introduction. Well, but too big for me, man. I'm just, you know, I always say to people, I'm just a humble musician. Mm. Humble musician who's playing in the church, you know, from the Church of God. <laughs> just a humble musician from the Church of God. <laughs> so for yeah. people who don't know who you are, just give them a brief overview of who Noel Robinson is. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Noel Robinson, um, I would say, uh, this, I'm a father, husband, you know, a uh, family man. Um, I'm, I'm also uh, a musician. Um, I would define myself as a, a worshipper who happens to be. And a to be is like all those, all those, those things. things. Yeah, mm. so a lot of those things are functions yeah, yeah. but um, the greatest function I have is to live my earthly life as, as, as someone who, who loves God mm. and, um, and, and, and trying to walk in things that he's called me to so that makes me a worshipper okay. you know so um, you know I think that we're all worshippers mm. who happen to be all, all those, those things. things yeah I like that so when did you become a Christian and What's kept you for so long? <laughs> the, 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 the question is, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, when did I become a Christian? Um, like your dad, you know, we're good friends, family friends and stuff like that. We grew up in the same church and, um, you know, we grew up in, in a, I grew up in a Christian home. Mm. You know, my dad was a, a very much, uh, and my mum was very much uh, uh, churchgoers. It was their heartbeat, you know, back in those days, I'm a, I'm a Windrush first generation, so to speak, um, or second generation. Um, you know, there was only school, um, school, um, home, and church. Those are the three things that your life consisted of. You, yeah. were, you were either going to one of those three. Um, and um, so, so for me, I was born in a Christian home, but really, I think I became to an awareness, because I think oftentimes when we're dealing with the things of God, yeah. is that, you know, 2,000 years ago, God did, the finished work on the cross yeah. but it takes your revelation and your awareness of what he's done mm. for you to step into what it is that you know so I think that when I was about eight I began to realize that hold on this thing that I see my parents doing I see the people around me doing is real and 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 I think around eight you know nine I got baptized mm. and I think that was really the, the awakening I didn't know ex exactly all that I was doing got yeah it was just the way of life and um, but I would say that, and not, most certainly in my teens, uh, I began to have experiences with God that were uh, personal to me, that made me know that he's real, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't living it through uh, my parents' eyes or through the, the eyes of the church. So I, I, I always get a sense that, you know, um, that, you know, 
my walk with God. When did you find out God? Uh, you go, but man, I'm still finding out. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's yeah. good. That is, that, is, that is amazing. So, when you were younger, my, my parents tell me, you, you were in a talent competition? <laughs> is that correct? Well, y- yeah, it was actually. Um, I started playing guitar when I was six years old. Yeah. So, um, um, being that age and, and, and you learn, maybe some people would say I was a little bit of a child prodigy yeah. in terms of uh, music. Um, but that was the outside world thought that because church, uh, when you grow up in the environment of church, yeah. it forces you to be good <laughs> because there's so many young people doing it, you know, and, and every week, three times a week, you're, you're at church playing. Yeah. So that's your practice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I think I became proficient. And when I was about um, 17, um, the Church of God of Prophecy, they have an international conference uh, and in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sent by the national office here to represent the UK yeah. um, at this youth t- ch- talent competition. And I am, um, yeah, I went there, it was amazing. Um, I won, <laughs> I won the competition and um, still have friends who were there at that time as well. Um, but yeah, that, that was uh, probably the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Mm. And, and I actually won it, you know, um, and they put me on a record and it was like, wow, you know, so, yeah, it was a special time. So what was that like, though, in terms of, like, you've now gone from, you started playing guitar when you were six years old, now you're 17, you've been sent to America to be in this competition. What was that feeling like? It was quite interesting because our church, our church, uh, being an international church, it, it, there, was a, there was a kind of pride and proud of belonging to mm. uh, the Church of God and, and actually going to what we call the assembly, which was the... The, the pinnacle um, event of the year. Everybody, you know, geared up to go every year, July, you know. Um, and um, so to be asked to do that and, and actually be flown there, um, I was a bit in awe. I didn't know what to expect. When I got there, meeting young people from all over the world, mm. the, the Caribbean, Canada, Alaska, you name it, Hawaii, who were part of the young people of the Church of God who had churches all over the world. It was pretty daunting, mm. um, you know, as I played and I just played the song and, 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 and then afterwards they said, hey, uh, winner is Noel Robinson. And it was like, from England, it was like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a eye-opener. Yeah. Um, daunting though, but I did it. So would you say that helped you? Because later on you then became the Church of God of Prophecy music director for the UK. What was that transition like? And do you think doing that where you did it in America, did that help a little bit in terms of that transition? Well, I think going to America most certainly helped because I think that one of the things that uh, when you're polarised in a small area and you're trying to do something and you're not sure what you're supposed to do because yeah. there's no real directive about it, I'm actually going to America and seeing how the, the international music office yeah. worked. And the guys, you know, um, who were there at the time, the Thorntons and um, some other guy, uh, I can't remember their names now, but a few of those guys were there. And they took me under their wings because obviously I was gifted. And, yeah. and they showed me the stuff that was happening in the studio. They were making records. They were, there was a whole thing that was going on there. And it gave me an insight into maybe that's the sort of thing that we should replicate here. So obviously when I came back and I was appointed as a national 
um, director, um, I, I most certainly implemented a lot of those mm. those things and tried to push our church worship uh, worship, you know, nationally in a place where we were producing stuff. We were writing our own songs. Mm. We were trying to record. We we're trying to do all those kind of things. Um, this is some twenty odd years ago, so you're making me feel old talking <laughs> about this. Uh, but yeah. So, how did you, in terms of becoming a worship leader, how did you move from playing guitar to then playing guitar, singing, or was that always worship, leading worship, or was that always part of? No, actually, it's a very unique. It was a very unique model, mm. um, but um, because our, we never used the word worship. Got yeah. Worship team. There was no worship team in those days. There were song leaders. Yeah. So that was the main theme. Um, <coughs> sorry, there were song leaders, and I think that one of the the things about it is that it was around seventeen, eighteen that I had an encounter with God. Mm. That, um, or should I say early 20s, tell you the truth, early 20s, but I had an encounter with God that actually, I used the word, stained me. Mm. And during that time, his presence became incredibly real to me. In incredibly real to me. Um, and in a way, it's, you know, the scripture that talks about a broken and a contrite heart, God won't, you know, and here I was protected by a Windrush generation, protected by a church uh, for many things, but actually there were some things I could never be protected for because mm. I need to go through them. And, and, and some of them were uh, emotional things that really, um, I had to find my identity. And I would say maybe it was an identity crisis that, you know, he was a young black boy playing music and wanting to, um, be the best. Most of my contemporaries were going mainstream. That's what I wanted to do, and because that's that's the only way, you know. It's like, but I have an encounter with God that actually changes me, oh. and and I see Him, and He tells me that, you know, He's called me for the house. So mm. I am this broken place, actually causes the calling of God to come into my life. Mm. And I see it, feel it, and hear it. And it doesn't look like anything I've seen before. Mm. <coughs> Sorry. It doesn't look like anything I've seen before. And, and God begins to um, put me with people that, well, you know, outside of the church group that we belong to. And I started to work with people like, um, like John Francis, Inspirational Choir, and people get ready and all that stuff. And, and, and more significantly for me in some ways was um, I got a call for, for to work with Graham Kendrick. Mm. Um, he's the guy that wrote Shine Jesus Shine. And um, um, it was the first time I'd really encountered white Christians in the UK. I didn't know much about the white Christian community. Yeah. Um, but something impacted me about being a part of that ministry mm. deeply. And I felt a deep um, cementing of the calling of God in my life yeah, yeah. to be a worship leader. Mm. So that's how the transition happened. Um, one of the things about transition in our lives is that um, God, God shows up. The proof of a tree planted in the right place 
at the right time, it will bear fruit. This is why fruit is so important in our lives. And, and the enemy always tries to, um, I say to people, he, he tries to damage the root so the fruit don't bear right. Mm. So we have these experiences in life. But, you know, the Bible talks about God being a husband man. He's been the gardener. He knows how to tend. And even in a broken place, he, something beautiful is birthed out of that. So I found myself now talking about worship. Talking about it insatiably is the only thing on my mind. I wasn't even talking about music. It was like there was this love for music that was so passionate. Everything was about the music. And all of a sudden it was swapped for everything was about God. Mm. And not that music took second place because I still love the music. Yeah. But I didn't have the same passion for it. My passion was for the presence of God. Mm. So I, I really do feel those are some of the things that began to push me in the direction of leading, leading songs. Mm. Um, I'm not known as a singer back in those days, uh, so I've had to work on it. <laughs> uh, you know, actually people see me lead worship for the first time, they, they went, what are you doing with the mic? Why are you singing? Just play. And I was like, okay. But you obviously need to communicate words and um, communicate faith. So um, I had to do that. Mm. So what advice would you give to worship leaders of today? So ones that are coming up or ones that are, you know, they've been doing it for a little while and maybe they feel like, am I in the right place and position and mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z and how, just what advice would you give to them? Well, I think that um, if you're going to be a worship leader now, um, obviously, if you're going to be a worship leader that leads song worship, then obviously your skill set is going to be important. So your skill set in leading people, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the best voice, mm -hmm. but um, um, you, you need to be aware of your skill set. So try and improve your skill. Secondly, and maybe not secondly, but maybe that was secondly, but first, you have to be a worshipper. Mm. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, that the worship that you carry out in front of people um, has to be has to be weighted by the worship that you carry out in your personal life. And when we started the interview, I said, I'm a worshipper who happens to be. Mm. Um, I could be a worshipper who happens to be a student, a worshipper who happens to be a lawyer, a worshiper who's unemployed, a worshiper who happens to be a mother, child, you know, all, all the titles that we are, I think should come after worship. And, and worship is not a, um, what I call music. Mm. You know, um, if I was to unpack it a little bit, we, we see where the, the biggest book in the Bible uh, is a song book and it's the book of Psalms. But actually it's a little bit more than a song book. It, it's the story of a man's relationship with God yeah. being superimposed on a nation's relationship with God. And um, we would see that David wrote songs because we know their songs, but actually we don't have the music for them. Mm. Uh, but even that in itself has produced a culture that it's quite easy to worship ability and gifting. Mm when actually Adam and Eve had the most amazing experience with God. Mm. So they walked, talk, and they felt God, a bit like me and you here talking. Yeah. I mean, imagine being this close to God. Mm. I mean, physically. You could touch him and he can touch you and you can hear his voice and you know it's his voice. 
And I, and I have a sense that that's what worship is. Mm. Your relationship with God, whether it's up on the hills or down the valley, David alludes to it, you know, if I make my bed in the bottom up, you're there. So he was always aware. And, and maybe that's what worship is, the awareness of his nearness. Mm. So you're washing dishes, the awareness of his nearness. You're interviewing Noel Robertson, the awareness of his nearness. You're driving your car, the awareness of his nearness. How you deal with your family, your children, how you deal with when you're angry and the stuff, that, the awareness of his, of his nearness. And there's a sense where when we're in awe of God, we respond to him differently. You know, if you're in awe of somebody, you know, I see it all the time with people who are in awe of artists. Yeah. Do you know, um, you, watch, you watch people who are fans and the artists come walking by. I watched the Michael Jackson thing the other day. Michael just, just comes out of the car and people are screaming and fainting. And I'm yeah, like yeah. thinking, he hasn't even looked at them, but they've seen him. And you kind of think, wouldn't it be amazing that if we saw God and what would our response really mm. be? And there's a word that we like to use, a Hebrew word called shaka, which means to prostrate yourself. Because, and we all get gassed. Is that a word I can use? Yeah, yeah. Fast, you meet somebody yeah. that you, you kind of like go, wow, this person's an icon in my life, as in somebody famous. Yeah. And you kind of like, uh, I don't know what to say. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a sense where relationship with God, Holy Spirit, has got to be foremost in our lives. Because that's what takes us through the hard, mm. the hard things. That's good. That's really good, that is. Um, so you move from worship leader, not move from, but you add another string to your bow and you become a, a gospel artist, you sign to Integrity Music, which is a massive gospel label. Um, how does that come about? Well, I mean, the thing is, again, terminologies are quite interesting because um, um, there is a difference between a gospel artist mm. and a worship leader. So. Um, but it's possible that you can fulfill both roles. Uh, the worship leader, dynamically, his heart is for the people that he leads. Um, the gospel artist is one that proclaims the gospel um, and the story of the gospel, um, you know, in, in a more dynamic way. Most of the songs that we do as worship leaders, we are encouraging people to partake with us. A gospel artist doesn't necessarily encourage you to partake mm. but they want you to experience mm. what they present so it's good the other thing about the term gospel um you know um gospel in the industry was a code word for black which is quite an interesting thing so after many years of um trying to understand the constructs of a system mm. um yeah i get signed to integrity as a worship leader mm. um, um because they are a, a label producing worship songs that the church sings. It so happens that I'm a songwriter who writes songs that the church sing, but I also can perform them. So mm. the two kind of work together. And, um, and obviously in the UK, I became like the first black British worship leader to yeah. be signed to a global company like Integrity. And absolutely amazing guys there. They've done such a, a great job in supporting supporting me mm. um, with the albums and the projects. So it's not really a transition per se, but there's this whole sense of um, a destiny that I know I was called 
I was, I was called for tomorrow. Mm. And as long as my calling is, is in my tomorrow, then I keep pursuing. It's, it's a bit like, and maybe a terminology where you put the carrot in front of the, the donkey, and the donkey reaches for the carrot, but never gets the carrot, but he keeps moving, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's always moving for it, you know? And I think there's a sense where God puts destiny or some purpose in us that part of it reaches into our tomorrow. So um, our cordons continue to move and we discover them mm. rather than it be, well, let's talk about the past and what happened in the past. And man, I remember back in 1985, I remember back in 1992 and this happened and that happened. It was amazing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not one of those guys. I, I, I honour the past. I honour what those have gone done before me have gone on to, to do. and done. Mm -hmm. But I also have one foot in, in my tomorrow. And even at my age, I'm thinking about, well, okay, Lord, you said in your words, uh, the people that know you mm. will do exploits. So I want to keep knowing your ways. Um, God's ways don't change, but we, his revelation of his ways to us changes. Mm. You know, I liken it to a little child. Ask the child to draw a picture of daddy. You've got a little one there. She's probably not old enough to pick up a pen, no, no. pencil, but if... You know, in a few years when you ask her to draw a picture of daddy, it's going to be a stick man with a bobble head and arms, you know. Is she seen something wrong? Yeah. No, she's actually not seen anything wrong. She's actually seen you, but she doesn't have the ability to interpret yeah. what she sees so others can see it. Yeah. So I think there's a sense where what God does in a process is that he qualifies us with mm. ability, mm. Um, with ability to be able to tell the story. And then he shows us the story then he says, tell it. So, and that's always in tomorrow, because what he showed me to today is some of it he shows me for today is not for today, it's for tomorrow. Yeah. So I have to prepare it now. Um, so much of the thing that I'm doing now that some people think that I might have fallen into, mm. actually God began to pre prepare this in me 20 years ago. Mm. You, you know, you're not, you, you didn't wake up with this idea. Mm. This idea was, poured into you at a specific time, a specific uh, moment mm. when God knew that you could do it. That's true. Right, and, and as you do it, um, as you do it, you see it. It's like the lepers that came to Jesus and, and Jesus' simple instruction was, he didn't have no palaver, like lay hands on them and stuff. He goes, go and show yourself to the high priest. Mm. And what he was, trying to say is that I've spoken over you. Yeah, yeah. Go and show yourself to the high priest because it was the high priest that shut them out of the city because of their mm -hmm. leprosy. So they, the Bible says, by faith, as they went, yeah. they were healed. So mm -hmm. by the time they got to, by the time they got to the high priest, they were healed. And one of them recognized that, hold on, I've just been in a process. Mm. That if I'd never initiated it, my... I would not have, my wholeness would not have happened, but he initiated a simple instruction. It's funny how God works with us by simple instruction. And the simple instructions aren't always this spiritual thing that's up in the sky that you have to pray day in and day out mm. to receive it. Mm. It's in a moment of time, God drops something in your spirit. He's speaking and he goes, do that. And then he gives you power to do it because he knows that you can carry it out. And when you do it, all of a sudden, you come into this amazing 
thing that people go, wow, you're so anointed and you're so, uh, you are so on point. And you're thinking, am I? Am I on point? I don't know if I'm on point. I'm just speaking as God. This is the prophetic nature of our humanity. Those that are uh, called, those that follow the Spirit mm -hmm. become the sons of God. And we're all sons of God and he's speaking to us. So, you know, that's part of my story. Mm -hmm. So, you've, you've experienced a lot, a lot from even just our conversation. You, you're, you're, you're giving us the background from, from where you were at six years old to where you are sort of now. But has there ever been a time where you felt at your lowest point, not so close to God? And, and how did you recover and get through mm. that? Well, there's some things that have happened in my life that, um, that most certainly have been really difficult things. Mm. And growing up a musician, and music becomes such an integral part of my life, um, I think that it's normal to you identify yourself as, what do you do now? I'm a musician. Yeah, yeah. This is what we do. We do. And, and God really challenged me about, don't become what you do. You need to become who you should be. Mm -hmm. But the being bit was the hard bit. Mm. Because the being bit, I had to deal with um, the dysfunctional Noel, the Noel that on platforms looked great, but there was a Noel that had to walk through everyday life. Mm. And that meant the trauma of, um, the trauma of relationships breaking down, uh, the trauma of sickness, the trauma of confusion, mm. the trauma of self-doubt, um, the trauma of yeah, brokenness that I found myself in. Mm. And, and the truth is the music couldn't save me. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, would, I would say that there are some traumas that I just didn't expect them. You know, I, I said to somebody that um, it's like going in a ring with Mike Tyson mm. and, or Tyson Fury. And, and you think that you could face them. Yeah. You know, because you're watching TV, you're watching them box, and then you go, oh man, if it was me, I'd be, I'll, move this I'll do way, this, I'll do that, I'll do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you find yourself in the ring. Mm. When you find yourself in the ring, and you're thinking that in the ring, your adversary is going to fight Queensbury rules, which is the boxing rules, you know, you're like, yeah. But they're actually in the ring and they're fighting Kung Fu. Or, or what do you call it? What do you call it? M M MMA. MMA. And you're like, you're not allowed to kick. You're not allowed to knee. You're not allowed to hit me in the back of my head. You're not allowed to do that stuff. You're not allowed to wrestle me to the floor. I thought that we. And all of a sudden, you're faced with rules mm. and things that you never dream would come up because nobody's really told you how you're going to respond to. Yeah, you can hit Tyson, but the question is. If he hits you, what are you gonna... can you recover? Mm. Because that's part of boxing. Boxing is, is, is not so much about, well, it's about not being hit, but what happens if you are hit? <clears throat> and I felt that life, life has done that to me. Mm. And I've had to f find out the hard way uh, through, through many things, you know, from counseling to therapy. How do I get through a broken place, marriage? How do I get through a broken place of Relationships loss, um, <clears throat> when business hasn't gone well and you've lost 
a lot of things when you're uh, on the verge of bankruptcy mm. uh, and all these kind of things. Um, life doesn't equip you for those slaps. And life doesn't stop as well. And it doesn't stop. And part of it, I like that, life doesn't stop. And, and a part of that is, I liken it to like, you've just been hit down and the truth, it stunned you. And maybe for four or five seconds, you're out for the count. But there's this sense where I love these boxers who, who get knocked down, but try to get back up again. Mm. Because in our corner, unbeknown to us, is the man Jesus. So you may have had emotional contexts, and even growing up, maybe home wasn't perfect or um, stuff like that. You know, my mum died when I was five. Mm. So there have been issues around what we call abandonment. People close to me, if they abandon me, what's my response? And, and there's all these kind of deep things that come out that, that I put into song. Mm. It, it, people who follow my music will hear some of the songs that I write and think, where was he when he wrote that song? You know, one person said, where were you when you wrote, I worship you through the pain, I worship you through the shame, when the odds are against me, when people count you out because of a, a marriage that's gone wrong or, or a relationship or, or something that's happened in your life or you failed in some way and you're counted out by people, you're counted out by technically life, but here comes the voice of God saying, get up. Mm. Get up, live again, live again. You know, I wrote a song on my church album. It talks about live again, live again. And, and I've had to do that. Retake stock, stand again, shake myself up, move and live again. And I would encourage anyone listening to this that um, people see the, the fruit, but don't know the root. Mm. Uh, they see the glory. And they want glory, but they're willing to walk the story. Mm. And I think that this is part of a life that yet probably isn't spoken to a lot of people. Um, you know, I often say to musicians, you can't be that good without being dysfunctional in some way. And dysfunction is not a bad word. It's just when you're aware of where you're not brilliant at things, then you put things in place to help. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like somebody's got a leg that's shorter than the other. Doesn't mean they don't wear shoes. They bear one shoe that's got a slightly bigger oh, yeah. heel, so they balance out. And I think that sometimes in life you need that. And the most profound thing is that God oftentimes sends people into your life, some real people that, that are not moved by your gifting. They're proud of you, but they're not moved by your gifting. But they're more interested in you living, mm. living again, with purpose and destiny. So whether it's a business or something that's happened in your family life or your own personal life, um, with God you can overcome and I'm a testimony to that. And it's not just a song that I heard somebody sing. Mm. No, that is the song that I sing. That, you know, I am somebody who God's rebuilt many times over. And I dare say in my life that he will do that over and over again. Because one of the things we have to recognise is this, that the calling of God mm -hmm. is a calling over your life. And, and most people in relationships think that the calling is a team. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, it's like you're called to relationships. So you walk in that relationship, whether that person wants you to or not, 
Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Because if God calls it, then that's what you do. And oftentimes, uh, we think so many things depend that make supposed to make our calling great. So many things depend on that. But I want to let you know that some of the most amazing men of God that have been icons in the in the the timeline of uh, what we call church history, who've spoken the most incredible things that the revelations they bring from heaven change people's lives. Uh, they have a story to their glory. Mm. And, and sometimes an iron that story will give you an idea to why God used them. Mm. So I, you know, I say to people that, yeah, I, I've been always in me, there's this thing that, because there's a part of me in tomorrow. Okay, I fell down today. This didn't work today. Oh my God, this is hard. It's hurting my heart. It's hurting my emotions. But I'm going to get up and go again because I'm not going to stand in. My, I can't stand in my own strength. I'm going to stand in the strength that that God gives me. Mm. I normally ask this question at the end, but I feel like it's right to ask now. What advice would you give to yourself with where you're at now in life? Oh wow, yeah. I I think for me personally, there are a few things in life that if I'd known, I'd have held them a bit closer. Mm. And there's some decisions in life that I didn't make because I didn't qualify myself to. Mm. And um, so I made them believing that they were going to be all right. And they weren't, to my surprise. Um, so I, I would... I would say to have people around me that really could speak into my life mm. with supernatural wisdom, godly wisdom. Um, I would like to have more of those. And, and in retrospect, would I change anything? Some things I would change, but I wouldn't want to change where I am. Mm. I wouldn't want to change the pain and the things that I've been through. I wouldn't want to change the disappointments because my disappointments have, have, have led me to be appointments with destiny. You know, one thing failed, only so another thing could open. And may have been disappointed with that, thinking, well, I really hate that situation. Uh, these people did that to me. But actually, I bless God for some of the people that rejected me. Mm. Because rejection is one of the, the key components to, to walking in God's glory. Yeah. God has sometimes to separate you from people and from things that you think are going to take you and put you in a new path and then you, you, you end up someplace and you go, whoa, if that person hadn't. So my younger self, I would say in moments when I didn't see God, I, sh I wish I trusted him more. Mm. I didn't feel him, trust him more that, that I, he was always there. And when I look back now, he was there all the time. So, yeah. That's good. So what are your plans for the rest of this year in terms of what, are you, what have you got on? What are you trying to do? Like, what, do, what, what are you doing? Well, it's quite interesting. So, um, you know, um, I'm just coming into another season of writing songs, I believe. Um, um, throughout the um, pandemic uh, season, um, there wasn't much songwriting for me. Mm. Um, I was learning another skill. I was learning filming and, and how that <laughs> all works and, you know, the whole media thing. And yeah. Just educating myself in that way, you know. Um, so for me, it was 
actually really, really cool to do that. So there wasn't much chance to songwriting. But um, I'm coming into a season of writing. But um, we've, we've got a new TV show coming out, um, Vox, nice. Vox Collective on TBN yeah. UK. It's going to go all over the UK and Europe. Uh, with Africa, we're hopefully, and we're hoping that America will take it. Nice. Um, but it's, it's really based on releasing the sound of prophetic artists in this country. So we've got, you know, artists like Martin Smith, Delirious, Moiwa, um, you know, like the artists go on from the, from the Caribbean church, from the African church, mm. Ghana, Nigeria. So I've interviewed, interviewed 24 artists and 24 artists have performed. So um, we're, we're really excited about it. You know, I think people are screaming at us for a season two. I'm hoping that happens. So that's yes. something that's new in my life. Um, and before the pandemic, I had a 10-day UK tour because yeah. I bought an album out last year, brand new album, still fresh. Um, and we're still promoting it. We're still pushing the songs on it. So I'm hoping that people get to, to check it out, you know, on my website and, and do that stuff. So we, we most certainly got stuff tied up for the year. But again, most of what, what we're doing is really God-breathed now because the situation's changed. Some mm. things have changed. Platforms have shut. Live events slowly, slightly opening up now, but not for many. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how do we get the music industry? That's not just the Christian guys. Yeah the whole music industry working again because it seems like we're the last ones to get turned on so and the economy and all our ecologies all our economies are tied up in what we do so we're believing that the body of christ will keep us so those of you that want to support please check out my website you'll find a way to support there um, but i don't feel ashamed to do that because i know that um, to keep the calling of god alive it, it takes finance mm -hmm. And stuff like that so those are some of the things we, amazing things we're doing that's great that's amazing um thank you hey thank so you. much because as you already know when you're trying to do something like this it's not always easy but thank you for coming through and blessing people with your encouragement with your advice about so much different things and i know people are going to be able to take a lot from this so this has been conversation with h with sir slash uncle slash father Noel Robinson. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been amazing.